Welcome to Giant Cocktails Happy Hour, a podcast where two amateur mixologists introduce homemade cocktails and discuss what makes each one a giant hit. Now, here are your hosts, Finn and Matthew Henry. there, liquid luminaries and flavor fans. I'm Matthew Henry, your dynamic docent in the Museum of Mixology. And here with me is Ben Henry, our very own Sultan of Shakers and Sours. We're unearthing the secrets of spirits, deciphering the riddles of rum, and revealing the mysteries of mixers. Whether you're a cocktail connoisseur or a newbie with a shaker, we're your go-to source for all things sippable and sensational. So fasten your seatbelts, break out your finest glassware, and prepare for liftoff. It's time for another eye-opening episode of Giant Cocktails Happy Hour. How you doing, Sultan? I'm doing well. I'm back to monarchy now, which really feels like where I should be. I mean, I was a duke, and duke was great because I could do whatever I wanted and nobody could take that away. Like, what are they going to do? They're going to take away my throne? Don't have one. What are they going to do? Take away my dignity? Don't have any. <laughs> There's nothing they can take from you. That's right. But now I'm sultan, and I'm in charge of the shakers and... Sours. Sours. That sounds pretty good. That sounds pretty good. I like shakers because good things come out of them, and I like sours because they're not bitter. <laughs> That's what we call foreshadowing, Matthew. Foreshadowing. And I guess past shadowing. That's not a thing. But anyway, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I still find it interesting that ChatGPT is choosing to call me a sultan while you're a docent. You're the guy wearing the blue jacket. Yeah. And I am the guy sitting on a royal throne. <laughs> What are you going to do? I'm just there to show you around. You're mm -hmm. the real star of the show, Ben. We all know that. So yeah. I'm fine being the docent. Somebody has to educate the masses while the Sultan is doing weird and strange things. Whoa. True, but whoa. Okay. <laughs> TMI, Matthew. TMI. <laughs> and frankly, when I hear the word Sultan, all I think of is Aladdin. <laughs> And, you know, you're going to have some evil magician dude named Jafar on your side. You know, I just. Yeah. Controlling me. You know what? That character. <laughs> that is actually more like you than any other. Kind of me. Yeah. <laughs> like if you're like, what Disney character best describes you, Ben, both in demeanor and shape? <laughs> I'd be like, oh, the Sultan, the Sultan from Aladdin. <laughs> I mean, I kind of wish I was Belle's dad, but I'm not that cool. <laughs> and so I'm just the Sultan from Aladdin. Oh, anyway, you know what, Matthew? This is the part where I tell you how my week was, but I think probably people are probably starting to get a little tired of that because every week I go like, uh, it was awful. My baseball team's still not in the playoffs. And uh, otherwise, I just drank all week and laid on the couch. <laughs> so I'm not going to do that. That is what I did do this week, but nobody heard that. Okay. So anyway, how was your week? 
It was fine. The end of the week, though, was the best part. So my son runs cross country for the college that he attends and he's a freshman Mm -hmm. and I had yet to actually see him run in a college meet. And Saturday was one of the last opportunities that I had to do that. And so I got in my car early Friday morning and I drove 500 miles down to beautiful Riverside, California, stayed overnight in a campground, lit a fire, roasted some Polish sausage, and then spent the night there and then got up before the crack of dawn and went to see my son run a race, which was amazing. And it was fun to see him and fun to see him run well and got to hang out with him a little bit afterwards. And then I dropped him off his dorm, got in my car and drove 500 miles back. So it was a down and back trip, but it was a lot of fun. So that was my week. I I don't remember anything else besides that. Nice. And and you went camping. You you camped. I did because I'm a cheap bastard and I didn't want to pay (laughs) for a hotel. This is yeah, we've we've established that. And but it was also kind of adventurous. And I had been camping in in too long. And it was I didn't actually pitch a tent though. I have a hatchback car that I just put down the back Mm, seats mm -hmm. and put down a little air mattress and slept in the back of my car, which made it even better. Like I didn't have to unpack a tent and figure out where all the poles went and did any of that. Mm -hmm. So it was great. I, I enjoyed the camping. So the kids these days, Matthew, they go glamping. Yes. Right. Where they bring this, they bring an inflatable mansion with them. There was a couple next to me that was clamping. They had one of those trucks that was, that had a tent on top of it that folds out. And then there was a ladder that climbed up into it. Oh, van life. Yeah. Yeah, But it was, it was, yeah. So they were way fancier than me. And, but I didn't really care after my third old fashioned. So, so I got a question for you. Yes. Hit me. All right. Well, as it relates to this, I just talked about my camping experience. Do you like camping? Mm. If you do like camping, what's your favorite part? Uh, No. No? No. Why not? No. Okay. So there's, it's outdoors. Okay. So there's. Bonus number one. Yeah. Yeah. So it's outside. And so there's like, there's wind and there's dirt. And then simultaneously, it's dry, puffy dirt, but it's also wet. And so somehow there's just dry, this dry dirt everywhere, except for mud on your face all the time. There's nowhere to use a toilet. And in fact, the closer it looks to like being a real toilet, somehow the worse that it is. Right. And so that's like a bizarre situation. And then if you don't have a toilet, you got to like bring it back with you, you know? And so I'm going to stop you there. I'm not roughing it that bad. Like the one that I went to on Friday, I could see the bathrooms that had showers in them and all that. Right. So, so, you know, I, it doesn't have to be like you're trekking through the, the Arctic tundra, you know, glamping. Okay. Yeah. No, glamping looks pretty good to me, but I will tell you this. I did do a lot of camping as a child, as a, not just a child, but also as a teenager. In fact, I don't know if you know this, Matthew, but I was a boy scout and I went pretty far. Didn't get the old Eagle Scout, but I was like a life scout. And I, I did a lot of different activities while doing that. You know, I, I went out and I shot guns and I shot bows and arrows and I shot. You shot things. Yeah. I shot lots of things. I also learned about astronomy and all kinds of things. But I think the coolest thing that I ever remember doing while camping and folks don't do this at home. This is totally not good for the environment. This is not safe for your health. This is just all kinds of bad. So don't do this. 
but it was totally fun when I did it, and it was the dumbest thing. But we had these griddles, you know, that you would just put over a fire. They were oh, like right, a flat yeah. griddle, and you can make pancakes on them or whatever. Okay, what you do is you would take a Ziploc bag, and you would fill it with water, okay? And then you would throw it onto the hot griddle. And the water inside the Ziploc bag would keep the plastic from melting as it was on the griddle because it was like cold enough to keep the plastic underneath its melting point. And you would get this situation where the plastic bag would just start to dance and bounce all over the griddle and it would just be popping and jumping. And and that was huge fun for me. I just remember enjoying that immensely. But there's a lot of things that could go wrong with that, right? But I found it immensely, immensely entertaining. And this is why camping is stupid, okay? (laughs) Because I could be at home watching TikTok, which would be a hundred times funnier than that. And, And while dangerous and vile... Certainly, I am not going to end up with boiling water just spraying all over myself from watching TikTok. But that is the thing that I enjoy most about camping. That's not true. The thing I enjoy about camping was walking out underneath the stars. That was fun. But but I can do that from my own home. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you, when you were camping about 50 miles from downtown Los Angeles, there are no stars. <laughs> One last thing about camping before we move on, though, is the critters are kind of a hit or miss. And so on Saturday morning when I woke up, I got dressed in my car and then I opened up the door for the first time, immediately heard scattering, like little little feet scattering away. And I look out and there's a, a skunk running away with his tail up in the air as he's running away. Uh-huh. And I immediately shut the door again. And I'm like, please don't spray, please don't spray, please don't spray. And so I didn't scare it enough to spray, but uh, it was a close call. Like I got to just jumped out of there and gone face to face with the skunk. So... Yeah. Yeah. Camping sounds great. <laughs> so much fun. All so right. fun. Yeah. Uh, all right. Can, well, can we talk about cocktails? We now? can. It can because you know what time it is. Is it that time? It is. It's time for tip, tip of, of the, the day. day. Tip of the day. And I, this tip, I'm I I'm just bringing it to you because I stumbled across it today, uh-huh. quite by accident. And I don't even know if this is verifiably true, but okay. it is my experience and I'm going to sure. share it with you. Great. Yeah, let's spread so, it. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So on Sunday nights, I make dinner. Actually, I actually make dinner on the weekends. My wife makes them on the weekdays. That's mm-hmm. kind of our thing. And so while I was making dinner, I got out my cocktail stuff and I set it on the, the counter, including an egg. I was going to use an egg white in today's cocktail. So I set the egg out and, and made dinner. We had dinner and all that. By the time I got back to making the cocktail... The egg was room temperature. And uh, when I when I went to crack it into the the shaker, uh, it was very loose. You know, and when it comes out of the fridge, it's you know, a little bit more firm and you kind of have to manipulate it to get it away from the yolk and and all that. But this time it just kind of poured right out uh, into the into the shaker. And so I gave it a good shake, dry shake, and then I added the ice and did all that. And when I poured it into my cocktail glass. I had the thickest head of foam that I think I've ever had on a cocktail. And so my tip of the day is if you really like that foaminess on top of your cocktail, let the eggs get to room temperature so that it can emulsify better because the it, it really foamed up nicely once I had it out of the fridge for a while. So that is my tip of the day. Wow. Wow. Well, first of all, Matthew, I've always thought of you as being very thick headed. 
So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know that you need to do anything to improve that, but, <laughs> but I like that you're, you're just always, you're always, you know, thinking outside of the box as, as it were. Okay. Is this, is this just this, so this is an anecdotal experience or did you say that you did find this on somewhere else? Did no, did no research on this. Did this zero is just research. my own, With- own experience, my own observation. And because I witnessed it, I'm going to say it's true. Right. Okay. There you go, folks. Matthew's tip of the day is actually just a hypothesis. He has it's, done it's my experience. One yeah. experiment. I will say this though. I also made a cocktail with egg white today. And and I did, you know, I made it a few times as I was developing the recipe because this is an original today. And I will say that that in each and every time my egg came out of the refrigerator fresh and cold. And I did find that the emulsification was not as robust as I would like. So there you go, folks. We have both done a... a and an, an experiment. An yeah. experiment. And, and so far our results, you know, but we didn't do any measurements. So, you know, but maybe you what guys at home can now? do this. Come on. Hey, making cocktails is half science, Matthew. It's half science. It's half art. It's called, it's called, it's called SART. Okay. And, well, you're, uh, you're the science. I'm the art. Uh, we're we're and, sartisans, uh, and <laughs> at least it's not farts. Yeah, <laughs> we're fartisans. Fartisans. Mm-hmm. Before uh, we even meet. Uh, well, there you have anyway. it. There, have you, there you have it. I like it. I like it, Matthew. Good tip. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, if I recall, you like hijacked my turn last week. I did. So it's my turn again because this is my week. <laughs> no, that's not how it works. No, yeah. Last The week before last, it was my week. And then we alternate every week. So last week was yeah. your week. And then that means this week is my week. It's my yeah, but week. but then you hijacked the week. And so then we, by logic, you would switch it up and again. I can't help it if you're just a big pushover. Yeah. You know, the listeners don't want to hear you three times in a row to start off. I think the listeners okay. want to hear me every week. That's why they come. This is probably true. But as those words were coming out of my mouth, I was like, this is not a valid argument. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but they also but... come for you. All right, fine. So, yes. You know what, Matthew? How about this? I will let you go. Oh, thank you so much for allowing <laughs> me the, the opportunity to go first. Uh, I knew you'd like that uh, one. So, so you and I are both bringing original cocktails to the show today. Yes. I and I am continuing my fall foray. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I am I am bringing a cocktail that I am calling the Highland Harvest. Ooh, spoopy. Yeah. Ooh. And it is a it's a whiskey sour, but mm. it got a little a little take on that. And so what's in a Highland Harvest? Well, you got 2 ounces of single malt scotch whiskey, an ounce of lemon juice, three-quarter ounces of fig syrup, which is basically just equal parts fig preserves and water. It's and figgy I'll talk pudding. a little about how to make that. It is not figgy pudding. No. It is fig fig syrup. Then three drops of black walnut bitters, right. an egg white, a sprig of rosemary. So you're going to muddle the rosemary in the bottom of a shaker, and then you're going to add all the other ingredients except the bitters, and you're going to shake without ice for 20 seconds. It's called a dry shake. Get that egg foam going. Get it emulsified. Then you're going to add ice and shake again until chilled. And then I strained it into a coupe glass with and let it sit for maybe 30 seconds or so and let the, the foam come to the top. 
And then I took some of the black walnut bitters and I took a dropper and I dropped three or four drops of the black walnut bitters on top of the foam. And then I used a toothpick and I kind of connected the, 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 the different dots together and made a little circle with the, with the bitters. And then I garnished it with a fresh rosemary sprig. And what you get is a very smooth whiskey sour. The scotch is, and I'm using Glenlivet 12, which has some very like pear and apple notes with their oak. You know, it's been soaking, it's been aged in oak barrels. And so you get this oakiness to it that's that really kind of lends itself to that fall flavor. And then the fig syrup is lends itself to that. It provides a great sweetness, but also just a really nice balance, I think. And, and what's the word I'm looking for? It is a very nice complement to the scotch and the lemon juice adds that you know, acidity and the brightness to it. And then on the nose, you, you get a little bit of the rosemary in the background, but it's not overpowering at all. And on the nose, when you're sipping, you smell the black walnut bitters. And so it just gives you this really nice multitude of flavors and and odors and senses with the, the egg white also providing a nice smooth drink. So it's a very nice, smooth cocktail that I'm enjoying right now. So that's what I'm drinking today. The Highland Harvest. I do want to say too that I'm drinking this up. You could also serve it on the rocks. Either way is fine, but the, it just looked prettier serving it in the coop. Right, right. I was going to ask because it seemed like the no brainer here would be to put this in a rocks glass over ice. I was going for a presentation. You did it the shishi fufu way. Yeah. Right. First of all, I like the choice of the single malt whiskey. I think this is one of those areas where we just like we don't branch out. We brought by a brand or two that feels safe and we don't really explore it. You know, I, I think I think at least to me, bourbons and rice feel a lot safer and a lot more adventurous. But whenever I some for some reason, whenever the whiskey comes from Scotland, I start to panic a little bit. Yeah. And and I know that Glenlivet's a pretty well-known brand, but. Yeah, but I'm it, glad that you used a scotch here. Yeah, well, that was that I felt like I'd done the bourbon a couple times already and really just wanted to find something that was, you know, still evoking fall. And for some reason in my mind, scotch just kind of said fall and it's not a peaty scotch, you know, at all. So right. it, and they don't all have to be folks. They and most of them aren't. Yeah. And so right. I think that's what scares us sometimes. We think of the smokiness of, of, of scotch, but this is a, a much more mellow scotch whiskey and Glenlivet, again, 12 is, is you know, one of the, the standard scotches. It's not any, there's nothing fancy about it, but it's very good. And it goes, and it has a really nice aroma. Like I said, apples and pears, and it just, it, it feels like it belongs in a fall cocktail. Right. It's a good way to branch. I, I think Glenlivet is a good entry point into, into scotch. Yeah. Right. It's a good starting point. It's safe. It's approachable. It's pretty ubiquitous, and it's a great way to to sort of you know get dip your toe into that, and before you you know move off into more lesser known, but maybe more a little bit more exp you know experimental and adventurous, sartistic brands. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so anyway, I, I really, I really like that. I, I do like also that this is really just like, as you said, it's a gussied up whiskey sour, but 
with so many different things going on here, you're using scotch instead of bourbon or rye. You're using your fig syrup again because you got to, you know, yeah, I got to move that. It's only going to last in your refrigerator for about a month. Well, this so is actually, so the I didn't use a fig syrup, if you recall. I actually used apple syrup. Oh, right. So this is new. So I just took fig preserves and equal parts preserves and water, and I boiled them, brought them to a boil, and, and it just stirred until all the non-solid stuff was incorporated, and then I let it sit for about five to ten minutes. So actually, I let it sit for about 30 minutes until it cooled down. And then you have to strain it through a wire mesh strainer because there's lots of gunk and seeds and stuff in it. And you get this nice, simple syrup that has this fig infusion. So it's not hard to make at all, but it was really adds, I think, to that fall flavor. Well, that's really nice. And I did see the cocktail before you drank it, Matthew. And I would say, because, you know, the cat's already out of the bag. I, I have a, a shaken egg white in my cocktail as well. The, the head on yours really was pretty spectacular. And, yeah. you know, I think I shake mine pretty violently pretty aggressively when I shake it. And so so I'm guessing it's probably not about the shaking, right? It's about room temperature it's, egg. I'm telling you, that's what that's it's right. about. It's the room temperature egg. Man, wow. All right. Well, now you know, folks. You got to let your egg whites come to room temperature before you emulsify them. Anyway, this is a very lovely cocktail, Matthew. Thank you for presenting it. Absolutely. Now, since you're second fiddle today, what are you drinking? Well, thank you for asking, Matthew. Yes, today I am presenting... A Ben original, and I have been on my month of bitterness, and most of that bitterness has been rotating around sweet vermouth, which is not, you know, I mean, it's called sweet vermouth, and it has a very sweet tart, sweet start, as I talked about last week. But folks, there are plenty of bitter liqueurs and aperitifs out there that that I don't like. I mean, that exist. <laughs> and one of the ones that I think upsets me the most is the Campari. And one of the cocktails that really upsets me is, well, I'm not going to say its name because I think you all know it's coming. But, you know, you, you take one part sweet vermouth and you take one part Campari and then another part of another spirit, and suddenly you have this mysterious cocktail that you're talking about. And I was going to present that this week. But then I was looking at the calendar, and I realized that we're really coming up on Halloween, and this episode is going to come out about, I don't know, 11 or 12 days before Halloween, and I wanted to get a recipe out there in case people wanted to at least experiment with, try it, and see if it was something they wanted to enjoy on Halloween. It's a little bit elaborate, so maybe you don't, but this is it. This is the Ben Henry original, and I think you'll know where its inspirations are coming from once you hear the recipe, if you know what I'm going to present next week, if you, if you have already cracked the mystery. But anyway, today I am presenting the Bitter Blood Curse. And what's in a Bitter Blood Curse? Well, it has one ounce of London Dry Gin, one ounce of of Campari, one ounce of Curacao, three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice, one egg white, and then three drops of Angostura bitters. And so what you do is you take the dry gin, the Campari, the Curacao, and the lemon juice, and the egg white, and you put them into a shaker without ice, and again, just like Matthew's cocktail, you're going to do an aggressive shake for about 15 to 20 seconds. 
to emulsify that egg white to get it nice and foamy. And then once you've done that, you're going to fill the cheater portion or the pint glass portion of your Boston shaker. And you're going to shake that aggressively for 15 to 20 seconds until it's well chilled. And then you're going to strain that. I did not double strain in my particular case. I single strained, which did result in some ice chips, which I found quite enjoyable in the cocktail, in the finished cocktail. And you pour that into a coupe glass. And just like Matthew, you're going to take Matthew's cocktail, you're going to take a few drops of bitters, you're going to drop them on the top of your cocktail, and then you're going to run a pick through them. What I did is I put them all tightly together in a quick cluster, and then I did just a quick little zigzag, and then through the zigzag, I did one little pull, and it creates this kind of like cool-looking autumn leaf kind of effect. And But the body of the cocktail is this bright pink red, hence the name of Bitter Blood Curse. And when you taste it, the first thing that you experience is obviously the egg white foam, and then you get the notes from the gin, quickly followed by the sweetness of the Campari. And then you start to get the deeper orange flavors of the Curacao, and then you get the tartness of the lemon juice. And then, yeah, you start to get the dryness brought by the egg white. And then, folks, it's just Campari, Campari. That's got to be the curse part. That's right. It, that's the curse. It's this bright, evocative, really interesting cocktail with tons of mouthfeel and brightness and adventure and sweetness. And you're like, wow, this is really bright and flavorful. And then it's just bitter, 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 <laughs> bitter. Perfect And that's for why it's a Halloween. That's right. That's, <laughs> that's right. Perfect for Halloween, what Matthew said. <laughs> That's right, Matthew. It is the perfect Halloween cocktail. It's You think it's all fun and adventure, and really, it's just all about, you know, evil monsters cursing you. Hang on, I gotta take another sip. This really is good. I... <laughs> I really do enjoy it. You know, I don't enjoy that that bitterness at the finish. But the egg white and the Campari really do do those two things. They finish like really dry, right? It yeah. finishes dry and it finishes with this Campari finish. But but I think some people are really really actually going to enjoy that. Like they're not going to find that to be off-putting at all like 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 somebody like me would because I'm a wimp. And just the beginning of it is so bright. It is just it's almost like two different cocktails, both of which are not off-putting they're just they're just different it's it's really quite an adventure yeah it, it, it's a cocktail like this that makes me think man i wish i like campari <laughs> well I, I do want to tell the listeners that we did not plan this at all to have egg whites no, we didn't. with uh, bitters and dragon toothpicks through it and all but now you get to try it out on both you know and and your your angostura bitters reminds me that i use black walnut because i thought it would be a great fall thing but if you if angostura is all you got that'll be fine too and because uh, angostura goes with everything well and it's also got a nice little red kind of color yeah and so you know it's perfect for for you know because this cocktail is is like a bright pink because it's really diluted in terms of color it's diluting the campari and campari is already sort of a pink color right it's yeah. not it's not red it's not, in particular. it's not red right it's kind of a bright bright well maybe it's a deep dark pink 
but then once you dilute it with with something like gin and and then my curacao is pretty light colored as well yeah that that pink really starts to diffuse and so it becomes kind of a bright pink color which makes it look like you know i don't know a sorority girl's 21st birthday kind of cocktail but it doesn't drink like one yeah. well there you have it folks the highland harvest and the Bitter Blood Curse. If you liked either of these cocktails enough to try them yourselves, or maybe you made something better. Take a scot of it, or maybe just paint a word scot of it, and send it to us on Instagram, the place where Scott does his social media, or as we like to call it, Twitter, Threads, or Mastodon. We love to interact with you all, not just Scott, and it really helps the show. You know what else helps the show, Scott? I mean, Matthew. <laughs> well, Scott knows this too, but leaving us a positive rating on Apple Podcasts. And I actually, I, folks, just go and click on that five stars. If you want to, you can tell us how much you love us. I mean, the last re- the last review guy said, first of all, said his name was not your mother, Woo! which I appreciated. And two, he said that he likes listening to it at work. Which I'm hoping he's not drinking at work, but but if he is, that's, you know, I want that job. And on that note, we will see you all next Monday when we will be drinking these same cocktails while Matthew and I discuss something. Something about, about the Giants. The San Francisco Giants. Maybe they've hired a manager by then. Maybe. Hopefully. Well, until then, Matthew. Cheers, my friend. Adios, pelota. (laughs) Cheers, Ben. Oh, no, I guess I should say, we're gone. (laughs) Anyway, goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, bottoms up. What if, Matthew, the reason why the Dodgers suck in the playoffs is because I was drinking bitter cocktails? <laughs> what if we have to change the name of the show to Bitter Cocktails? <laughs> gotta do what we gotta do, Ben. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it. I swear I'll do it. <laughs> I'm gonna start shipping you cases of Campari. <laughs> that was a really sar- sartistic <laughs> presentation.